This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, and or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 98. I am your host, Adam Bell, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. Sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Reporting for duty. You said duty. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> I still have a 10th grade, you know, kids in my house so duty's still funny no matter how you say it <laughs> and i've got some high schoolers at church that i if duty comes up they look over at me <laughs> yeah <laughs> the dad jokes they never get old <laughs> so what's going on man it has been a while we are way overdue yeah we're like 45 well no like 30 some odd days overdue you know it's only seven days it, but it's been 45 days since we've recorded our podcast so yeah way overdue way overdue well it's not that we haven't been thinking of you dear listeners mm -mm. Uh, we we have and uh, we've just been really busy we've been well i've been literally glo globe trotting and you've been going places as well i believe I have. So, yeah, since we last recorded, I went to, uh, let's see, I went to Montreal and Chicago. Nice. Yes. So, I, I assume Montreal, Canada. Montreal, Canada, yes. Yes. So, I, I don't know of a Montreal in the U.S., but... Montreal, you know, there might be one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of repeats of names like that. Absolutely. Um <laughs> Because there's a Vancouver, Washington, not sure. Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And is it near, I forgot my geography, where's Vancouver? It's, anyway. it's, it's closer, I mean. It's closer, closer to Vancouver, Canada? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, cool. And then I've been in Mexico. I spent 12 days in Mexico. I came back for four days. And then I spent uh, another 12 days in the country of the West Coast United States. <laughs> I understand you were uh, you were actually right down the street from a friend of the show Scott Wilsey. Yeah, where yeah. is where is he? He lives in Portland. Ah, I I went to Portland. Yeah, I didn't know that he was he was right there, and I wouldn't have had time to visit with him. We did we did not like Portland. I mean, no <laughs> offense, Scott. I mean, <laughs> well, it 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 wasn't that we Portland. Wasn't that you didn't like Scott. You just didn't, yeah, just didn't like Portland. Well. <laughs> Port Portland is not really set up to be a tourist city. I mean, that's not what it is. That's, you know, it's not, you know, it's not ultra welcoming and, you know, cool stuff all over the place. It's, it's a city. I mean, it's a functional city for city sake, you know, they're together for, but we didn't get to see any of the weirdness. I mean, there was plenty weird and homeless hippies and things like that, but we didn't like Portland. <laughs> we liked lots of other places along the way. Plenty of weird and homeless hippies. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, I, I did have an encounter with, with a pretty young guy. You know, he was probably in his 20s, early, probably mid-20s. I mean, so homeless. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was even younger than that and just looked rough. Like, he had tattoos where his eyebrows should be. 
and I, I think they said his name on his eyebrows. And he went backwards so that he could tell if he looked in the mirror. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like spend that much time getting acquainted with his face. Cause if I was going to do that, I would have, you know, ambulance style. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you could read it when I'm in the mirror, it says, Peter, Nico. That's <laughs> <laughs> on that side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he went through a spiel of trying to find anything that would relate with me. And then it, at the end of it, he, he gave his, uh, his pitch and he, he says, you know, so I'd, I'd like for you to give me some money and, and to, for, so that I can budget for my day. Of, of food and everything. And I said, I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. And he says, do you not want me to be successful? And I said, I'm not stopping you. <laughs> <laughs> and he mumbled some stuff under his breath about good thing. I was with my family and then he went on his way. But I mean, I deal with homeless people all the time in Nashville, you know, and, and I, you know, I wasn't disrespectful to this guy, but mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not stopping you. I mean, I'm not preventing you from working or coming up with a business or anything you want to do. I mean, I'm, I'm not even discouraging you. Yeah. <laughs> what you're not doing is being his venture capitalist. Yeah. What, I, yeah. what I'm not doing is I'm not funding you for the day. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So, so that was interesting. All but, right. Uh, cool. The, the West Coast was definitely weird. I mean, there's some weird stuff, weird people out there, but it wasn't as bad as like everybody was like thinking it would be. Okay. <laughs> but it, I mean, it was beautiful. Cities were beautiful. The, the beaches were freezing cold. I mean, like literally cold, cold. I'm like, I can't be out on the beach anymore. It was, it was 60 degrees and the wind was blowing and the, you know, it's like, get out of here. <laughs> and then of course it was a hundred and some odd degrees in Nashville. I did it get that hot in Boston? Uh, I don't know because when it was that hot, I was in Chicago and it did get that hot in Chicago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a warm one. That was great. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was warm. Uh, I was there on a uh, business trip for uh, the um, annual CyberArk uh, conference. And mm -hmm. It was good. Good conference, good venue, very informative. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice, neat city. Uh, I liked it. It was a little warm for my tastes. Um, but again, it was apparently a little warm everywhere. It was just, it was a little warmer than average. It was usually pretty warm there, but, uh, yeah, we had this, that whole heat wave thing going on and apparently it's still going on. Yeah. Well, it's a lot better here. When I came back to Tennessee, it's, um, 84, 85. So it's dropped 20 degrees. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, well, I came back here and uh, what, two two nights ago or so, uh, to the temperature actually dropped down into the 60s again. Nice. And it's been creeping back up into the 80s again during the day. So it's still still warm enough that running is not as pleasant as mm -hmm. usual. Uh, you but uh, not, you know, high 80s, 90s, 100 kind of thing. So. Do you have air conditioning in your house, like to cool? Absolutely. Okay, so you can't you can't go without... AC? I can. You could. Yeah, okay. But I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The biggest thing I don't like is that the house starts to smell funny after a while. 
Yeah, the moisture. Like, it never something, clears something out. Something cooking in the, in the eaves or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to run a dehumidifier if you're not going to run an air conditioner. Elizabeth's grandmother, you know, she, uh, uh, they, they would ask her, they said, would you, if you had to go back in time with technology, because she grew up without indoor plumbing, without air conditioning, she said, if you had to go without indoor plumbing or air conditioning, which would you choose? And she thought about it. She said, I couldn't do without air conditioning. I can go outside and go to the bathroom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I like sleeping all night long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sleep is kind of important. Mm-hmm. Well, we stayed in, um, shoot, I forget where we were. It was in Oregon, uh, at a, at a hotel and it was on the beach. I guess it was new. Think it was Newport. I don't want to swear to that because we stayed at so many places, uh, and there was no air conditioning in the hotel room. But you opened up the windows; they were nice big windows to the ocean, and you had the ocean, you know, sound all night long, and the cool breeze coming out. And they didn't seem to have a problem with the humidity in the hotel. I don't know what they were doing to prevent that because it didn't smell like a hotel room that didn't get aired out. So I don't know what they were doing there, but sure was pleasant. But yeah, I, uh, when I grew up, I mean, cause I was born in Ohio and, and we didn't have air conditioning in our house. We had box fans. <laughs> um, yeah. When I was, uh, well, yeah, growing up in Vermont, we never had air conditioning, mm-hmm. not even like window units. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm pretty sure we never had anything like that. We had fans and that was it. And mm-hmm. no, we never, I know we never had air conditioning because I had to still twist my father's arm just like two weeks ago to tell him <laughs> to put the the window. Turn unit. it on. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's so hot here. I'm like, turn the air conditioning. Oh, your mother doesn't like that. I'm like, turn it on at the other side of the house or while she's asleep, you know, so he thinks maybe she doesn't like the noise or something. I was just like, <laughs> Hey, okay, so it's a little bit annoying, or you guys are going to die from, you know, heat stroke. <laughs> Turn on the air conditioning. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So, well, cool. Well, you had a couple other things. Well, is there any, what else is new with you? I mean, you said you went to the conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, all kinds of things, man. No, it's yeah. been a busy six weeks. <laughs> before the show, I asked if you got married and had kids while we were gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's next week. That's next week. Many <laughs> <laughs> kids. What are you kidding? One of them is about to go off to college. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, man! Yeah. Uh, so and I just paid my first college payment. The what last week? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're back to school too? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Daughter number one. <laughs> Good for you. Yep. Now you know why you need to r- r- really grow that business. <laughs> yeah. That's why I st- every one of these gray hairs is for somebody else. <laughs> so uh, as, uh, as you know, I think I've mentioned, I've uh, been doing a lot of hiking lately. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I've been using just, uh, a, I've also, well, and as listeners of the know, uh, of the know, listeners in the know, listeners of the show know, that <laughs> um, I've been running for like the last um, almost two years, you know, a year and a half anyway, as my like a regular form of exercise. Mm-hmm. And um, so like yesterday, I just did a 5K recovery run. Two days before that, I did 10K. So, you know, six miles or so. And that's... <laughs> That's, I'm trying to get to that to be like my, my baseline or so, but it takes time, right? So um, I am a real big fan of uh, New Balance shoes, and I use those. And I had, um, I had an old pair of New Balance running shoes. I bought a new pair of New Balance running shoes. They're starting to get a little worn. And I also bought a pair of their uh, just um, like all-terrain, well, walking shoes, and, you know, you can tell by looking at them that they're kind of designed to be, like, not necessarily just um, on the street kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're like, green and brown and black in color. So, they've got this little bit off-road feel. Mm-hmm. And I used them on the first couple of hikes that my girlfriend and I went on. And they were working pretty well. But we would start to get to some places where they were just not quite, uh, not providing quite enough grip, not enough traction. So I noticed on all the trails that we were going on, there, there were plenty of people doing trail running, you know, and mm-hmm. they're wearing trail running shoes. So I figured every now and then I might want to go, you know, do a little bit of off-road because usually I'm running on pavement. Uh, so I decided to buy a pair of trail runners as well and use those as, you know, running slash hiking shoes. Unfortunately, um, I am consistent with my friend Charlie, and uh, we both apparently will span an entire size depending on what specific shoe or type of shoe we're using. Mm-hmm. So I wear, when it comes to New Balance, I wear anywhere from an 11 to a 12. Oh, why? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, why? Because there's variety in the way these shoes oh, yeah. are made and, and, you know, the fit. And sometimes, like, my favorite current pair of running shoes that I've been using now for, you know, close to a year um, have been uh, their size 11 and a half, four E's. So, like, four E or four E-E, I forget. But, like, the, the very wide, you know, they're like pontoons. Um, but... Um, my friend uh, bought me another pair because he was going by Kittery Trading Post and they were like 30 bucks. And he bought me a pair of size 12 double E's, Steam Exact (laughs) 2, and they fit just fine too. (laughs) Um, But I also have the walking shoes that I have from them are just plain size 11s. And I also bought another phone. So a lot of their running shoes, they're called the Fresh Foam. So I have like the fresh foam 980s, 890s, and 1080s, I think. Mm -hmm. And they're all three. I have three different pairs, and they're all three different sizes. So there's a 12 double E, an 11 and a half, and, you know, yada, yada. So um, I bought some of these um, uh, trail runners, and they turned out to be a little too big. Now, I thought that at first they were just a little bit roomy, and I figured, you know, after you've put on five miles of hiking or, you know, whatever, your feet are going to swell a little bit. Didn't really work that way, and on the way down the hill, I, could, I was definitely, like, sliding forward in the Hammering shoe. your toes, yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> not fun. So, 
I might, I might try them with a thicker pair of socks, but I don't really have high hopes for that. And mm-hmm. uh, now that I've worn them for a 10 mile hike, it's not like I can, Hey, you, you want these back? Yeah. <laughs> so I might donate them or hopefully I can find a friend who likes them or something. So, but uh, yeah, the right size shoe makes all the difference. So are you going to wear any of those shoes in the first annual area 51 5k fun run? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, my, my times usually average in like the nine minute per mile range. I don't mm-hmm. think I can outrun bullets. So they're going to, you're going to be the one they catch, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'm going to go to participate in that. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they can't stop all of us (laughs) it's yeah uh they don't need to stop all of us they only need to stop you yeah yeah the uh i mean the sign if you read the sign the sign says authorized to use deadly force that means if you step foot across the line they can legally shoot you and there are no legal repercussions for that it it says they're right there they felt threatened it's okay i'm pretty sure the guy said he was just kidding right yeah just kidding (laughs) so you want to give a little background on exactly what it is there (laughs) yes so i well i've got it pulled up here so apparently and I guess it's for September 20th, 2019. They have made this. It's all part of UFO first annual area 51 5k fun run. They can't stop all of us t-shirt. So the, what it's, I don't know. I have to pull up a, a formal article on it, but a bunch of people are going to try to more or less rush area 51. Can't stop all of us. Because they want to they wanna see the aliens. Depends yeah. on how many all of us are. Okay, so here is the, the official race roster. Can't get off work to raid highly classified Air Force facility? Whether you're Naruntu Run or Moonwalk, this virtual event is a great way to celebrate our friends with outer space. <laughs> Reserved for 500 runners. Don't miss out. And registration opened on the 17th. So oh, reserved for only 500 runners, huh? Mm-hmm. I got news for you. I'm pretty sure they have more than 500 bullets. <laughs> uh, well, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would not. I would not recommend that. No, I would not I want to participate. that. Participate in that crazy. So I don't know if it's a. Uh, legitimate thing or not but there's been a lot of fun on it you know the the most fun thing though that along this lines that i've ever seen was the the time traveler party do you remember that i i guess i missed it (laughs) so (laughs) so they they set a a time traveler party Uh, with the intent of they set it and they make it a real public date and if there are real time travelers they're invited to come to that date at that party to prove that time travel is real. Nobody came. <laughs> because they're not allowed to. I they mean, do that. don't know what's going to happen. Gonna, you know. <sighs> the paradox of space-time continuum will, you know. Yeah. You know, one thing, though, that um, 
has I always thought was just really bizarre and didn't make any logical sense to me is people talking about parallel universes mm-hmm. and and how you know if you were to go back in time you would create a new time track and then this other verse universe would kind of spawn off and and you know a different set of paths would happen but the old universe would keep on going you know i used to really think that that it was just garbage and you know it's funny it's now been so pushed to us it's like well yeah you know how the universe is just split off like that during time i'm like I've fallen for it. Pop, pop culture, man. It's pop culture. This fiction has become a reality. That's dumb, Adam. That's dumb. I what I really liked was, and by you know, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, <clears throat> you may want to. I don't know. Skip ahead five minutes in the show, but uh, <laughs> uh, it all includes a lot of time travel, mm-hmm. and um, it's pretty funny because there are parts where they're talking about how this is going to work and, Oh, we can't go back. We'll change the future. And they're referencing things like back to the future. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, Oh no. Cause if we do that, it'll go back. And then there's a scene, I think it was like Ant-Man says that or something. And you know, they look at it like seriously, you're, you're, you're basing your time travel, you know, like physics or science on back to the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. So, I got to see. I don't know. Um, I don't remember when Endgame comes out, but uh, I'm I'm definitely ready to see that again. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a fun one. Yeah, uh, my oldest daughter Ashlyn has gotten really into Avengers, so she's in good for her. She's in mission mode of watching every single one of them in order. Good for her. <laughs> uh, I you know it runs in the family. You guys you, you guys are tight. I love you. <laughs> Good family. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, um, I saw Spider-Man Far From Home once uh, in the theaters. I liked it a lot, but I, I wasn't really, you know, like compelled to go see it again. Um, I want to see it again. I just don't necessarily want to see it in, in theaters again. But it was, yeah. that, was, that was fun as well because it picks up where Infinity uh, Endgame leaves off. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I am excited to see what comes down the the road now that Disney has reacquired or acquired Fox, and uh, their entertainment Fox Entertainment, and mm-hmm. thereby reacquired the rights to the X Men. Yeah. So huh. what happens? Because I got to tell you, I never, you know, when the when the X Men movie first came out, the first one or two, I really liked them, mm-hmm. and after that, it's just like, mm, just not not doing it and then to see you know the the sam Raimi uh spider-man movies that started in 2002 mm-hmm. uh, and then now the marvel cinematic universe i they just don't come close yeah so i really want to see you know what what the x-men are like when they're given the a proper treatment in you know in a good studio because they definitely you know fox and universal studios with their takes on the marvel characters and stuff I'm not even close to, to anything in the MCU. Yeah. Disney stuff. Now, are you a star Wars fan? Not huge. I'm not huge. Like, like, you know it, but you don't, Oh yeah. not yet. Oh yeah. No, um, I know. I know what Jedi are. I hate Jar Jar Binks. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I am not like so pure as to say that there were only three episodes and then those, oh, yeah. the, 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 uh, the three uh, fan fiction ones that came after that <laughs> <laughs> fanfic prequels. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Well, I was kind of, I mean, of course, I, I really, I mean, I grew up on Star Wars and I love that stuff. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And, and I even enjoyed the, the three prequels. Uh, you know, I threw away. I, the fan prequels, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, it's just the way that it is. If you don't, there's, there's nothing perfect in this world. So, you know, there's all kinds of movies. I'm like, well, yeah, I like that about this and we can argue about this and we can talk about this. And so, but yeah, so I've enjoyed, I was concerned when Disney got star Wars, Mm -hmm. what was going to happen then. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been pleased for me. I've been pleased with the things that they've done because they've done like an animation, uh, you know, series cartoon. And it was, it was done as Jedi and then the new movies, you know, them committing to put out a, a new movie every year. I mean, that's great for star Wars fans mm-hmm. uh, because there are so, I mean, there are so many books in that universe that have been written that no movies have come out of it. So I don't know. It tickles my, or it satisfies my star Wars appetite. You know, I, but is it perfect? Nah, there's even whole, there's holes in Lucas's stuff too. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, there were definitely holes in Lucas's stuff. And and remember the, 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 the prequels were Lucas's stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. They were uh, the first one. I mean, the, episode one literal episode one i mean it was it was the worst uh but i I think that it was it was a commercial appeal to everybody i mean he wanted he wanted everybody to watch this movie and somebody be able to get something out of it and and it did i mean but you know you can't be something for everybody and at some point, something's going to offend somebody. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think it really started to go downhill in uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, when you when you had the the, the Ewoks and stuff. Uh, you know, I was like, come on, really? It's just for kids. It was just, was, so, anyway. uh, so we were in. We went to the Redwoods in California, and they filmed Return of the Jedi in California in the Redwoods. I don't know exactly where, okay. but it was. It was really. Have you ever been there? No. Uh, it was. It was really weird because it was very quiet. The woods were very quiet. There were very few birds going, you know. So you'd hear a bird every once in a while, far off. Uh, no bugs. I mean, the bu- the bugs were going around, but they weren't making any noise. And there were no chipmunks, no squirrels, no mice like that because there was no fruit bearing trees there you know the redwoods don't make nuts and there were no other kinds of things like that so it was eerily quiet in there i'm like i'm just waiting for an ewok to pop up (laughs) (laughs) you know why they filmed it there i guess yeah Yeah, it was really good i mean because you could almost you could almost get the sense of in the movie you know yeah, I could see that scene happening right here. I mean, it, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> so, so that was fun. And I actually, uh, I mean, and we can agree to disagree, but uh, Return of the Jedi was my favorite, or is still my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, after I went back and watched a couple, um, I never really thought about it, but I think The Empire Strikes Back is actually a better movie. Well, and Elizabeth doesn't like that one. She's she's that's her least favorite of the three. Yeah, and 
and I actually, I like it. I like it pretty good. I mean, pretty well, or whatever. I like it. A lot. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, um, it, it never was my favorite, uh, like when I was a kid. And I don't know exactly what changed, but I, um, I, was, I listened to a review, um, you know, a podcast where they were going over all the Star Wars movies in, in series and reviewing them all. And the, some of the people made some good points. And I went back and I watched it. And I was like, yeah, I, I think it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one thing that I really liked about the, the newer, well, the prequels, which came later, was, you know, they were more modern. So the special effects were better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, having like, you know, martial artists as the Jedi instead of just, you know, some dude with like, you know, two weeks of fencing training. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I liked that. So, you know, that aspect just made the, you know, the fight scenes cooler. The Jedi seemed more powerful. You know, when you watch them in the prequels, there's like, oh, okay, there's, these guys are pretty awesome, you know, and then in the earlier stuff, the most impressive thing you see them do is like, okay, every now and then Luke jumps somewhere and uh, okay. Deflecting a, a, you know, a a blaster blast with your sword. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, but then later on in the movies, they're actually doing some more impressive, like, Oh, these guys are like, they're like superheroes. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's different. Well, and, and as a, as a um, Krav Maga guy, you know, if you think about the scene in their, the first Star Wars, when Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan Kenobi, he swings his lightsaber like a bat. <laughs> like and, a baseball bat. Yeah. And I mean, and any defense person would be like, you know, that's the least efficient way to attack somebody with a bat. <laughs> you know, they Especially just, a laser bat. <laughs> but lasers it's lasers (laughs) yes so but i mean you know it was the 70s it was was different times it was it was things were things were different back then so Mm -hmm. but that's okay yeah, they didn't have Bruce Lee back then. I mean, if they... Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he was dead by then already. Yeah. yeah. He would have been an awesome Jedi. Bruce Lee would have been an awesome... Maybe he was. Maybe he was a real Jedi. Bruce Lee was a Jedi. <laughs> All right. So, should we talk tech for a little bit? Sure. Sure. So... I have now for several years been using Amazon Web Services, AWS. Mm-hmm. I and you know, apparently now like half the internet. <laughs> so, yeah, half the interweb. Uh, yeah, if you use the internet, it is pretty much a foregone conclusion that you are using Amazon Web Services somewhere. Yeah. Almost every service uses those. I don't remember if we talked about this on the show, but um, uh, uh, one of the reporters for, I think, The Verge, Kashmir Hill, did a, a series a few months back about how she tried to cut out the big five from her life. So uh-huh. like, one week she tried to, no, no Facebook. The next week, no Google, no Apple, no Microsoft, and no um, Google, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft. Who am I missing? Amazon, <laughs> the one I'm starting to talk about. Yeah. So, um, so she tried to cut them all out of her life, and it was, you know, very. It varied from hellish to impossible. 
Oh, yeah. Right. Because, you know, those five companies are pretty much embedded everywhere, whether it's the hardware that you're using here or, you know, the services they're providing. So uh, it was a, it's a really good sequence. And if we haven't talked about it, well, one way or another, we should put it in the show notes. But um, so I was working on a few different things and I have tried in the past. I mean, I'm a Microsoft partner, Microsoft reseller or whatnot. I just was not able to wrap my head around their Azure control panel and how you're supposed to do stuff in Azure. And networking, the networking. Yeah. yeah. Now, Amazon's is not exactly what I would call intuitive. And Amazon likes to rename things. So, like, instead of, um, you know, we're not going to call these firewall rules. We'll call them security groups. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, sure. You know, but once you learn the technology, it makes sense. I just couldn't really get comfortable with the, the Azure stuff. So, so I just, you know, stayed with Amazon. What's so funny? <laughs> so Amazon's VPN, I had to write a document how to set up a, v, a point-to-point VPN tunnel with pictures. Take a guess how many pages it took me to write up this document just for myself so I would know how to do it again in the future. Ten. Twenty. Holy cow. And I thought I was being generous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and this, and so, and I leave out the steps that a technician wouldn't need to know, you know, like I would, you know, I don't yeah. write it out as if for a user, I wrote it out for me. Yeah. It's not <laughs> simple. It's, it's uh-uh. definitely not simple. Now that said, um, it's, it may not be simple, but their how to guides and their online documentation and stuff is really good. Mm-hmm. So if you can get the exact search phrase for what you're trying to do, you can, you know, find documentation on how to do it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that said, I use AWS and I was having problems with my home firewall uh, a while ago when I was going to Chicago. And it seems like every time I travel and I, when I travel, I use a VPN because I don't like having my traffic spoofed or sniffed. Uh, so I will usually, you know, the first thing I do is I, you know, always have my VPN connected and I've had weird issues with my home VPN, uh, firewall, whose vendor name shall remain nameless for this podcast, (laughs) but it has been so many times that they have let me down that this was just the last straw. So I just said that screw it. I spun up an Amazon EC2 instance, mm-hmm. threw a copy of Debian Linux on there, uh, installed OpenVPN. And I think it took me about, probably took me about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Now I've got my own VPN server running as an EC2 instance. So and when I practice, when I travel, I can just turn that up and, and use that when I feel like it. Okay, so you're, you, that instance is going off and you have to turn it on so it's not running all the time? Right. I decided I would just turn it on when I need to. Now, I mean, it's cheap. It's a low-end little VPN instance, so it's mm-hmm. not costing me a ton if I want to just leave it running all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I figured I'll just use it for travel, and so I just, you know, turn it on and off when I need it. Yeah. But uh, it got me thinking that, you know, my business being as small and I mean, it's literally, it's all in the cloud now. 
Mm -hmm. other than a handful of files that I might have saved locally here, which are all backed up to the cloud anyway. Um, everything, all of our servers, our databases, accounting records, everything is in the cloud somewhere. Um, but I've still got a home server downstairs in my basement. <laughs> and I was thinking about, you know, like I, I started, like there's a bunch of files that I have, I backed up, I spun up an, uh, uh, an AWS uh, Glacier bucket and I started throwing stuff into that. Mm -hmm. That's costing me right now, I forget how many terabytes of data I ended up uploading into it, but it's costing me like two bucks a month. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, so I have it all there. And then just as a test, a few weeks ago, I shut down my home file server just to see if I would notice. Haven't really noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Which tells me this, this whole time for the last few years that I've had it running, you know, whatever, and been paying for online backups and antivirus and making sure that I patch the thing and stuff. It's all been a colossal waste of time. <laughs> yeah. I don't need it. You know, now there's a time and a place for everything, but for my use case now, it's extraneous. Yeah. So I just moved it to the cloud. Uh, but I thought about that. My next step though is I have not yet uh, for a client or for myself set up an entire, an entirely cloud-based infrastructure. Mm -hmm. I think it's about time I did that. And uh, so that's gonna be my next uh, personal uh, pet project. Well, I've been working on doing the infrastructure from the server side in the cloud. I've got, I've got more and more clients who are completely server side in the cloud, sure. but they're not using their firewall. They're not using software firewalls. And right. I say software, but it's, it's hardware that's somewhere else. They're not using that. Um, I just, I just don't have, I don't have that. And you know, it's got, it's kind of got to do with where I am. Um, internet connections are not very great here. So sometimes we have, we'll lose a connection. And if we, if we're constantly losing a connection, uh, to a firewall that's somewhere else got problems. I mean, as far as their experience goes, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that. Like, um, I'm just putting together a proposal now. We're going to move. We have a, a server that we put in place five years ago, physical server for a client. And um, I had a, you know, a, a regular review call with the, their CFO uh, a few weeks ago. And he asked, you know, how are we with the server? And I said, I, you know, I think we might be okay. Uh, and we looked at, I said, you know, I looked at it, I said, the, the hardware is getting a little old, but I can still get HP to extend the warranty one more year. So as long as it's under warranty, you know, we'll support it for you for another year. What I forgot is it's running Windows Server 2008 R2. Ma, ma, ma. which has the same end of life <laughs> as Windows 7, which is January 2020. So... Yeah. I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I, no, I don't want to take that risk. We're not going to support that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so there's two options. Do I want to, you know, upgrade it to a supported operating system? But do I want to upgrade a five-year-old box? <laughs> no, no, I do not. <laughs> that just yeah. does not make any sense. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we're not going to do that. But um these guys, I think, are a perfect, uh, you know, candidate. So just today, I spun up Visio and started brainstorming and just identifying the components that we'll need to put in the cloud. 
And, uh, you know, thinking for, you know, about the same as what we've been charging them now, we can just do the same thing. They'll have, you know, domain controllers in the cloud, file and print server in the cloud, and just have a persistent VPN tunnel from their, you know, their Sophos UTM that we have on-prem right into their virtual private, you know, cloud, their VPC instance up in mm -hmm. Amazon and don't look back. And they have redundant network connections, so I'm not as worried. And frankly, if, you know, both of their ISPs are offline, well, I mean, they're not going to be getting email. Their email and calendaring is already Google Docs. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you guys are pretty much completely out of luck already if your internet is completely down. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that was a thing. I mean, even back, you know, what, six, six, seven years ago when we were in Robin Robbins together in the early phases, we were talking about, you know, like, cloud objections, but what do you do if the internet's down? Like, really? How many, <laughs> tell me now these days, I'll bet you, you know, 90% of businesses, if your internet connection is down, your business grinds to a halt. Yeah, everything's down. Happens, you know, so, so don't let that happen. Have redundancy. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's not an objection to moving to the cloud because whether you like it or not, your stuff is in the cloud already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had people fighting me on it, and they, those people are now so far behind that I won't even engage with them. They're like, "Well, we want to keep doing this. Yeah. You can't, you can't pay me to fix that." Yeah, you have fun with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm not going to fix that. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting that you brought up this topic because it just so happens that the the twenty my group that I'm in we have been spinning around what platform we're going to adopt as a group. It's either Google, AWS, or Microsoft. And for, for cloud services, for the Azure type stuff, the Amazon web hosting and the cloud servers for Google, which one are we going to adopt as a group in a way that will benefit the group? And we ended up and we're, you know, it, and it's at this point, there's three, there's really three. Who are you going to choose and commit to it? Well, we chose and committed to Microsoft. Um, I don't think I can tell you who the company is that we're working with uh, yet. Because you but, don't know or because you're on an NDA? Um, I, I, I don't think it's, yeah, it's not officially an NDA, but I think we've been told don't tell, don't release this yet. Gotcha. Um, so I haven't but signed any. You're, you're talking about some kind of like cloud integrator or VAR partner or what? Yeah, kind of a VAR partner. But what's going to happen is it's going to immediately put all of the group in 20 as now Microsoft Silver Partners by default, just being a part of this. And we'll be able to get all our SPLA licensing through this partner. We'll be able to get all of our support we get every we'll have to do like the very basic support from Microsoft. But then after that, we're able to escalate. Um, they're expecting us to do that first initial and then we escalate and we actually get Microsoft for those things. And we get the good Microsoft support, not the, um, I mean, the, the mass Microsoft support. <laughs> the, 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 I can barely read a script Microsoft support. Yeah. And so it's, it's really going to be, well, and the, the commitment level there is that we are committing as a group to Microsoft to use Azure, use their Office 365 products, use their Intune, you know, engage with the product to engage the market. That's part of, 
if my, you know, Microsoft's saying, okay, we'll engage with you, but you have to in turn engage with, engage with us. That means you've got to stop using Amazon. You've got to stop using Google and, and do this. You know, if you want the relationship, commit to it. And I mean, I think that that's, that's kind of, yeah, from a business standpoint, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, we're going to give you the benefit of being a partner, but you got to be in all the way. Yep. And, and, okay. and I got to tell you, some of the other stuff, other stuff I was going to talk about today too is I really like Office 365. I do too. You I know, and I say it, that you know? I don't want to. I, I know. <laughs> the new Microsoft doesn't suck. You know, Satya Nadella is doing okay. Now, I, I'm not a silver partner right now. So, you know, I'm, my margins are slim, but you know what? Been in business since the early nineties. My margins have always been slim. <laughs> yeah. so that's not, that's not really news to me. Um, mm -hmm. But I sell office 365, you know, with complete confidence mm -hmm. that I never was able to do with other say hosted exchange partners. Oh no, no, I, I never felt good about that. Yeah, never. I mean, I even still have a bunch that, you know, I just haven't moved because, you know, it takes work to mm -hmm. move, move these. Um, but as I've been gradually uh, rolling some clients over, you know, like if, you're, if they're moving to Office 365, then it makes sense to look at moving to the full, you know, premium offering with Exchange and, you know, the online services, not just the mm -hmm. desktop software. And I got to say, it, it works really well. Mm -hmm. I'm really liking it. Now, as far as infrastructure goes, though, I still really like AWS. Yeah. And again, I never really, I have not dipped my toes really deeply into Azure. That's the other thing I'm thinking too is, you know, I may not need to spin up two virtual servers in AWS. I could just spin up an Azure AD and, you know, file yeah. server there. Or something. There's, there's definitely lots of options. And the more I think about it, like maybe I don't even want to do that. Maybe it makes more sense to just move their Azure, you know, their AD to Azure AD and call it a day. Yeah. But that said... Amazon also has their AD service in the cloud too. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of different options. So, yeah. Know. Yeah. Cause they, like you said, the, the AD in the cloud, the active directory in the cloud is, I mean, that's really a big deal. I mean, that it, the, it, even at this point though, uh, the Azure AD is slightly deprecated than a full blown on-premise domain controller. Mm -hmm. But the, the things that you lose, I don't think you care about. I mean, really, that, you know, a mid-sized business, you know, 100 people, you don't need to have all of the granular control that you would need to have if you were, you know, 2,000 people. Right. But, but I think we're starting to see, and I think you're going to see this more and more, where what it was early on in the adoption of cloud services is there was always something you can't quite do there yet. Yeah. Right? Oh, if you have our on-premise, you can do this. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah. We don't do that in the cloud yet. Yeah. But I'm starting to see the opposite of that too now. Mm -hmm. There are now like, oh, you still have our legacy on-premises thing? Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You, you, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Sophos uh, right. is an example. Their, um, their advanced uh, ransomware and EDR tool, Intercept X, mm -hmm. that was first released only in the cloud. 
Yeah. You know, so, and I think you're going to see more of that. Uh, somebody said, and I haven't heard any, I only heard this one time, but someone had told me that um, exchange on premises supposedly deprecated and will be going away at some point. I have not, huh. I have not seen anything to validate that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, that's a rumor at least. I think that's probably all it is as far as I know. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I'm be kind of curious and I'm like, really, is that, is that, you know, I don't know. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, I, I, I would be very surprised. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that is on Microsoft's extremely far down the road map. Yeah. But anytime in the next, you know, like in the foreseeable future, as far as you and I are concerned, that would, that would shock me mm-hmm. because I know everybody's moving to the cloud, but for them to just say like, oh no, you can't do on-prem anymore. I know at the hospital, for instance, that they would fight that tooth and nail. So, <laughs> you know, I'd be, I'd be really surprised. Yeah. And maybe they'll maintain an enterprise version, you know, that's only good for, <clears throat> 2000, you know, you're a huge organization. Yes. I could see you and I no longer having the ability to buy exchange. Cause it, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Cause right. it just, it was price. Yeah, certainly it, our, our starting package is 35,000. That'll get you for the first, um, you know, thousand users. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say starting for package for, for a thousand people or more, you know, in your enterprise. Absolutely. We got you covered. Yeah. Other than that, we don't want to talk to you Buy office 365. Yeah. Well, and, and my clients, my, my EMR clients, uh, specifically eClinical Works, they are, eClinical Works is pushing hard to, no, we're not doing on-premise server anymore. Well, I want to upgrade to the on-premise server. No, you've got to go to the cloud yep. uh, because we're not building the on-premise software anymore. The version you've got is going to expire. You've got to go to the cloud and, mm-hmm. and they're doing it right. They're, yeah. they're, they're making the price to where it makes sense. That's the thing. You know, a lot of, um, for, for several years, we were working with insurance companies and smaller healthcare firms. And they said, it costs us less to, to hire you to maintain our on-premise server and license it from the vendor than it does to go to the cloud. Yeah. But as soon as that changed and you have one less point of contact to deal with, you mm-hmm. know, like, why would you? I wouldn't, I would not want to hire me and buy a box that I need to, you know, worry about if it's gaining me absolutely nothing compared yeah. to having it up in the sky somewhere and having someone else worry about all those headaches. So. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and then IT companies are afraid of that and they shouldn't be because the users still don't understand how to use things and the the vendors out there only go so far they go to the edge of their product and then they won't go any further right so there's all all the all the intelligent things for the reasons why they hire us yep. are still there yep we don't have to, we just don't have to do the dumb things which the dumb techs can do <laughs> Bingo. Just read from a script. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All the intelligent IT people will have a job. It's the ones that were, you know, don't have any really business being there anyway, that that can't do that anymore. Bingo. (laughs) So, so what got me started talking about um, Microsoft today was, as I'm sure you know, 
Mm-hmm. Microsoft has wisely come out and required that all of their reseller partners enable two-factor authentication and all of your uh, admin accounts on Office 365. Yeah. I didn't know that they required it. It's been available. Uh, it's been available. It will be required apparently, I think it's like August 1st or so. Okay. Um, and that, that was not a lot of notice. They they made this announcement sometime within the last few weeks. I think they gave you like 30 days and just said, no, you need to turn on two-factor authentication. Here's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, that's a good idea. I don't know that I've done that on all of those. So, um, so yeah, we, uh, we made a ticket and we spent a good deal of time uh, yesterday going through and making sure all of our Office 365 admin accounts had it enabled. Now, here's the thing. I started on mine, uh, on my own personal Office 365 account, because I've got one for me, I've got one for Paradigm, I've got, you know, a bunch of others, uh, you know, clients that we maintain. I don't know how I did it, but, and I, and I just haven't had the time to go back and figure out why. But for my Peter N at, you know, whatever, my, my company, I don't want to give my email out because people are <laughs> yeah. hard at, you know how to contact us on the show. Use my website. Don't email me directly. Use the contact page, please. Um, uh, whenever I have to authenticate, for some, for some reason, I didn't set up the Microsoft Authenticator app to do it. Okay. And it was like, okay, we'll call you. And so now every time I log in, I want to authenticate, I get a phone call and I have to press pound and I'm logged in. Mm -hmm. Okay. If that's the way they want to do it, fine. All the others I, you know, did it. And I think maybe the first time, I don't remember because, you know, I was involved in doing so many of these yesterday. I lost track of what I did. But um, I think what happened is I said I didn't want to use the authenticator app because get this, the Microsoft Authenticator app requires that you use the, well, the service, the Microsoft Authentication Service requires you use their Authenticator app, yeah. not the one standard with, uh, compatible with the open standard that Google has put forth. Right. And I personally, I don't use the Google Authenticator app. I use their protocol, but I always use Authy or Duo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, because they've got you know push notification support, uh, or they've got you know an Apple Watch app, which is awesome. You know, it's like my watch goes bing. Hey, are you trying to log into your WordPress site? Yes. Again, <laughs> yeah. so that's really cool. Um, the Microsoft app supports that, but now I have literally I need three different Authenticator apps because I have some apps that require Authy some that require Duo, and now all the Microsoft stuff that requires Microsoft. Yeah, fantastic. I've got two right now. That means I will now need three. Yeah, which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. (laughs) So you are using, yeah, because I'm I'm using um, Google Authenticator. Yeah. And I'm using Auth Anvil, which is from Kaseya. Yep. Sounds like now I'm going to have to use Microsoft Authenticator. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to do that with my team because my team has, has, you know, we have an administrator account for our clients. Yep. When we log in to administer their Office 365 instance, we've got to log in 
Yeah, I yeah. think you're all going to have to, the, the easiest way is you have an all hands meeting and everybody whips out their phones and you all add the code at the same time. Will it, will it let you do that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cause yeah. like, it, that's how I, I have Authy and Duo configured. Okay. Cause Google wouldn't let me run Google. Well, I guess if I had the QR code on two devices at once and I took the picture at once, yes, I'd be able exactly. to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Now yeah. that said, I haven't tried that on the Microsoft side. <laughs> so I don't know if that, maybe they won't let you do that. Yeah. But, but all of my accounts that I have in Authy, I also have in Duo. Yeah. Well, for that matter, one could, take a screenshot of the QR code stored in a file and then you have it for doing it in the future, unless it's only a temporary file. Right. Uh, I think some of those will expire after time. I'm not sure about that. Um, but you definitely want to be careful though. Cause that, if that, if you can keep that indefinitely, that QR code, you know, that's a back door for anybody else. To anybody. Yeah. Have, right. <laughs> I don't remember. I thought after you, because the way I've done it in the past when I've set up multiples is, um, and again, I have not done this with the Microsoft Authenticator, but I would have two devices, usually like an iPad and an iPhone. And then there was a time when I had two iPhones. You know, I used one as like my iPad, iPod Touch, but I had a backup. Yeah. So I like scanning with three different devices in two different um authenticator apps at the same time, which is so much fun, you know, six pictures. Um, but I made sure that when I actually entered the six digit code, I was ready and I did it all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think I tried once I entered the six digit code and after that it wouldn't work anymore. I don't remember though. Cause you know, I don't remember if I'm not sure how the enrollment works. If the enrollment process requires you know, you do that code, that specific six digit code during that time frame, And then after that, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. We're getting really technical and I'm not <laughs> certain of what I'm talking about. So <laughs> take everything I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> Just be aware that if you're trying to set up multiple copies of different authenticator apps on multiple devices, you may run into problems. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just making this up as we go now. <laughs> yeah, at this point we are. yeah. We're totally, we're getting in the weeds and just, just kind of like, you know, well, maybe it'll work like this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we have definitely more stuff to talk about and yeah. we'll have to talk about it next week. Well, we've got a couple of, other Oh, so yes, I did. I did tell it that I wanted it to call my authentication phone as opposed to use the, the authenticator app. Okay. Yeah. So I still like the text for me. Mm -hmm. I do like that uh, because I've had phones fail and not be, you know, and not be able to put the authenticator app. So let's say I drop my phone in the water. Well, my authenticator app, I didn't get to reset my account before I lost it. And I get a new phone, get a new SIM in it. They can send me the text and that'll still work. Well, but if you had a backup device, you can scan the QR code to multiple devices. Yeah. The thing I... I'm thinking is I'm sitting at my parents' house and I don't have a uh, cell signal. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've had that problem in Mexico. Uh, yeah. And that's one good thing about like the Google Authenticator or whatever Authenticator, that number is rolling on that phone and it works whether it has an internet connection or not. Yep. So that's so cool. That's, yeah, that's that's definitely uh, something to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently when I was setting it up, I just chose an option to just use a, a phone call and I didn't even remember. I didn't realize that I did it, but <laughs> I did. But I do really prefer the push, you know, anything that supports push notification, even Mm -hmm. if it's a phone call saying, you know, is this you press pound or, you know, uh, like on an app saying, is this you press pound, you know, or press approve so much nicer than, you know, like taking this (laughs) code and now we got to type six digits or, you know, or, or whether it's a text or, or retyping it off of an authenticator app. Yeah. So much more convenient. It's just, it's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, the one thing that's kind of cool is um, that uh, on, if you're using Macintosh and you're using, you know, on either a Mac or you're using uh, an iOS device and you're in a text field where it's waiting for a code and you receive it via SMS, the operating system will intercept it and nice. say, do you want to use this six-digit code that you just got in a text message? Is that what you're waiting for? Yeah, so that that's is, nice. That is pretty cool. But you have got to be, like, you know, you got to be using Safari and you know, on your Mac. If you're using Google Chrome or Firefox or something like that, don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> so yeah that's that and uh final thing it's not finalized ju- well no a couple of different things um so as i mentioned as we were getting started uh as i think it was before we were recording um i start teaching tonight at the corner studio in medford massachusetts nice it's been my yoga home base now since i moved to medford back in what 2014 or so 2014 2015 uh-huh. um so i'm officially on the you know permanent teacher roster now for friday night's restorative yoga classes nice so i'm excited about that well, that's cool uh, yeah so that'll be that'll be fun so uh <laughs> that said i've got my lesson all planned in and ready to go and it's restorative yoga now so it's not mm-hmm. yoga it's different mm-hmm. So, um, and it's kind of funny because I have a, you know, I have a reputation of being the, the yin yoga guy and other teachers have been asking me like, so what are you teaching? I was like, oh, it's restorative. Oh, are, are you going to do yin in it? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> there may be an occasional, you know, a little bit of yin might sneak in, but yeah. it's, it's different. It is mm-hmm. different. So. Um, and we'll have to talk about that maybe on the next podcast. Okay. I was going to say, what is, what is the specific differences between that? Um, that'd be good to know. Tune in next time, dear listener. (laughs) (laughs) And then you, uh, you, it looks like you've also got a SANS mentor instructor. Is that, uh, so I have been accepted into the SANS mentor, uh, instructor program. Am I going to have to call you doctor? No. Okay. <laughs> not, not not as a result of this anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, if one was to become an instructor for SANS, uh, SANS being the, you know, really the world leader in information security training, um, then uh, the first step to become an instructor is you start as a mentor, which is 
a less, a little less formal uh, process, smaller groups, a little more flexible schedule, and a discounted price to the students. And you do it for, it, it's like an apprenticeship, you know, the, the, being a mentor instructor, you don't get paid a ton of money to do yeah. Um, but uh, they have accepted me to, to do this. Now the next step is I actually have to schedule a training. And I'm working with my director uh, at the hospital to set this up so that um, my students would be members of the various other technical teams who uh, could really benefit from uh, security training, you know, as well as just operations. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we have a, a you know, a, dist a distributed security function where, uh, you know, at the hospital, uh, it's good for everybody to know a little bit about this. Yeah. And so uh, the, the intention is that, um, you know, since I'm the, the foremost security, you know, technical security guy there, why don't you do the training? So I said, great, why don't I become qualified to actually do the training? So this is the first step on that. So I've been accepted. Now it's a matter of actually doing it. Nice. So uh, wish me luck on that. <laughs> That'll be cool. So cool. All right. I guess that's about all I have. Is it time? I think it's time. We, it's time. we gave our listeners uh, their money's worth today. We did. Well, we had a little bit of catching up to do. Yeah. Yeah. So... With that, um, if you want to contact us, we are at the uh, blurringthelinespodcast.com. And uh, there's a contact form. If you are a uh, listener or a Russian spam bot, you can get in touch with us that way. <laughs> um, I uh, have my own personal websites, paradigmcc.com. The shortcut is para1, P-A-R-A number one dot com and yogawithpeter.com. If you want to find Adam, he is at Sublime comp.com that's sublime s-u-b-l-i-m-e comp c-o-m-p dot com c-o-m sublime computer service and um yeah that's about it i think it's about time and since you did the intro i will tell us to go ahead and push the big red bouton to contact either us or our guests visit blurringthelinespodcast.com if you like what you're hearing do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.